0: Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do, with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis.
1: The title of today's message is Knock Knock. Knock Knock. We're going to cover like three different scenarios with this title today. The first one is in Matthew chapter 7. And honestly, all the sermons that you hear are not necessarily for you, sometimes they're for me, and I get to process this, and then I get to get up and say it. So whether you get anything out of this or not, it's going to be a really good day for me. So hopefully you'll pick up some stuff too. Matthew chapter 7, and this is Jesus speaking, and verse 7 and following says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him?" Now I am probably one of the most persistent, persevering, determined people you will ever meet in your life. But at some point, no matter how persevering you are and no matter how determined you are to see something happen or something come to pass, we all run out of gas. We have this tendency to just say, I can't do this anymore. It's not working. I've asked, I've asked, I've asked. I've sought and sought and sought. I have knocked and knocked and knocked. I cannot do this anymore. And what begins to happen is you say, well, am I asking for the right thing? Am I seeking for the right thing? Am I knocking even on the right door? And you say, well, but this is absurd. It says that if you ask, it'll be given to you. I've asked for stuff and never gotten it. It says to seek and you'll find. I've looked for stuff and haven't found it. It says to knock and it'll be open and, you know, am I banging on the wrong door? It's possible. What will happen to you eventually is this. This is what I believe. If you are really asking for something that God wants you to ask for, you're going to get it. If you are seeking for something that God wants you to seek for, you will find it. And if you are knocking on a door that he has led you to, he will open it the first thing you have to ask yourself is am i even in a relationship with god this is not written to non-believing pagan people this is written to us who claim to know him and believe these things you have to be rightly related to god in the first place or you're not even going to be asking for the right things or looking for the right things or knocking on the right door and you go that's not working it may not be working this way between you and other people in your circumstances because things aren't working this way vertically between you and God, all right? Go to Matthew chapter 15. Now here's an example of this. And one of the reasons I encourage you to read the Bible is there's some crazy stuff in here. And this one, it's a little wacky. I mean, you know, even what happens here to the lady and to her daughter, but even how this goes down and what Jesus says to her, just read here Matthew 15, verse 22 and following. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, and this is to Jesus saying, I mean, and cried out, and if you see her situation, she is screaming probably this, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that doesn't happen anymore, there aren't any demon-possessed people anymore. I mean, some of y'all are living with men and women, you know, that you'd throw right in that category, you know. And maybe they're not really, but if you've been around a demon-possessed person, you know it. Because some crazy stuff happens. And you say, well, I haven't seen that in Dallas or Texas, the USA. It happens. And there are other parts of the world where this is real. And if it is your situation and you've got a daughter, you love your daughter, and somehow she were actually demon-possessed, you'd want somebody to do something. Because that's messing your life up, her life up. So you kind of get the feeling of the despair and she goes and rattles off, not just have mercy on me, but throws an "O oh Lord and son of David in the mix. So she believes that he is somehow capable of doing something. And when you get desperate enough, you go asking there are stories that are told of just amazing warriors, men in tribes in Africa and famine will hit a part of the country. And these are guys that nothing can break. And before you know it, there's no water, there's no food. And these men end up walking for miles and miles and miles and finally find a village and come in just completely stripped down emotionally, mentally, everything gone. They have been just brought down to their knees and they'll beg for food. You get in enough trouble, you'll find yourself asking, seeking and knocking like you never have in your life. And you say, well, you don't need any help. You will. It may not be there yet, but if you get in enough trouble, you'd be amazed what you'll cry out for and what you'll need help with. So this lady cries out, verse 23, this is about Jesus now, but he answered her not a word, would not acknowledge her, at least verbally. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. Now she's after us. Now if you can just imagine this seemingly possessed woman crying out for help for her possessed daughter going, have mercy, have mercy. You know, you're desperate. If you've ever been desperate screaming, you know, this can be irritating to have someone like this around and you're like, get this person out of here. My gosh, woman, get a hold of yourself, you know. You're embarrassing us and yourself. And they go to Jesus and say, let's get rid of her. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, now look at this woman, verse 25. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. She comes back. Now, why does she come back? Do you know why we keep going back to God when we keep going back to God? We got nowhere else to go. See, as long as you think you got somewhere else to go, you go there. And you run those traps, and I'm not saying if you got somebody in your family that's physically sick that you don't just stay home and pray and never take them to a doctor, I encourage you to use every tool you can find as long as it's, you know, not some spiritual nutcase, be careful where you go to get help. And if something in your spirit, if you're a believer, your spirit may not bear witness with their spirit that God's in it, get out of there. And it's not get the hell out of there, leave the hell there and get out. (laughs) You have God himself inside of you and he will tell you these things. So I'm not telling you don't get medical attention, but I'll tell you something I've observed and I can go through this room. And one guy that comes to my mind in particular has had some amazing spiritual challenges. There is a place that you reach where you have gone to every doctor, tried everything you can come up with, and you will find yourself crying out to God like you never have in your life. And it ain't all bad. And people say, well, why would God let somebody get sick and go through all these things? Because sometimes that is the only way to get our attention. And somehow he can bring good from that. So here is this desperate mom again in Matthew 15. Jesus said, I was not sent except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, now you think he's going to have mercy now, right? This stuff is so messed up. Sometimes I think, well, did somebody just stick this in the Bible? This can't be Jesus. Jesus. He would never treat someone like this. But look how he goes at her. He answered and said, Is it not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs? Calls her a dog. And she said, look at this. Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, what happened in that situation? Her pride, whatever she was feeling—a rejection. You can call me what you want to, dude. My daughter's in trouble. You got game? Fix it. Bring it. Say whatever you want to say. You can attack me, seemingly come at me, but I'm not going away because I got nowhere else to go. And I hear you got power. And so you come back. And no matter what he said, or his silence, or even what he says. Even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, look at this. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Bam, right there. Jesus did whatever he did, thought it, said something. And wherever her daughter was, those demons were gone. Now, how do I get me? How do I get you? How do I get us to the place where you say, you know what? I'm not backing down. I'm not giving up. I am tired, but I'm going to keep going. I'm tired of knocking. I'm going to keep knocking. I am not going away, God. And sometimes he finds out whether you're serious just by how long you'll stay. This isn't one of those, hello, anybody home? Oh, I guess there's nobody home. I guess, you know, walk away. This is one of these, hello? Hello? And you say, well, how long are you going to do that? That's my question to you. How long are you going to do that? When do you decide to walk away? We say, well, there obviously nobody's coming to the door. Nobody's home. Okay, then where are you going to go knock now? You've got no other door you've been sent to. Stick to your door. <laughs> now, please understand, I'm not one of these crazy, positive thinking people. And then from time to time, if you go back and listen to messages and the dates of them, you're going to get one of these along the way. You know why? Because I need one of these along the way because you sit down with enough people and you hear enough stuff and even the strongest, even the most determined can get some knees buckled under them because it is hard to see people in pain. And I would prefer an immediate answer, thank you very much. I would prefer that maybe a couple of knocks would do it and you could come to the door and let's resolve this. But see, it doesn't say how long he has to answer. It doesn't say how long it takes to find. It doesn't say how long it takes for somebody to come open the door. Our job is to keep knocking. Go to Luke 11. And it's amazing that this stuff is in the Bible and these stories are told for a reason. Luke 11 verse five, and he said to them, this is Jesus again telling the story, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, Lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And if you go back in this culture where this stuff went down, I mean, this wasn't four bedroom houses. This wasn't, you know, lavish anything. These people had shelter. Obviously there was a door, there was a building, maybe some windows, maybe a rooftop, something. And when they went to sleep, they slept in the same room probably. Okay, this is very simple. These stories make sense anywhere on the planet except here oddly enough. The guy comes back and says, "Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. There's a reason. I don't want anybody in here, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you." So you hear this thing, "Hey, I have a friend of mine showed up. You're my friend. Help me. I don't have any food to give him. Give me some food." And the guy didn't even get out of bed. "Go away. You know, the door's shut. It ain't happening." Well, you think that'd be enough, right? Look what happens. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's his friend, he's not getting out of bed. It's his buddy saying, help me. Well, it gets him out of bed because of his persistence. Or if you've got the King James Version, I think it says his importunity. Just harassing this guy. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And then Jesus goes on to say, so I say to you, ask. Now, how do you think he's saying to ask given the story he just told? Don't go away. Don't give up so easy. You don't want it or you'd keep asking. You know why people don't get a lot of things they really maybe would end up getting? They just give up. No matter how many times I drive by the Lamborghini place out there on the toll road... I look in that window, I see those cars, and I will never own a Lamborghini. It's just probably not gonna happen. You know why? I can't even muster and ask. Oh, dear Jesus, in Jesus' name, I asked for that Lamborghini. (laughs) I mean, I think I'd get a what? Well, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep asking. You know what? Then that crazy ask takes over my life, and then I don't even need God anymore. Then I'm going to ditch God, go do whatever I got to do to get enough cash, and go buy me that car. Now you're completely messed up. Part of the problem with the ask is you got to ask yourself before you even start asking and seeking and knocking, is this a legit thing I'm asking for? You know, if I eat candy my whole life and my teeth rot out, and you go, oh, Jesus, heal my mouth. Like, dude... You jacked it up. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm not against praying for people, but if you dip snuff for 30 years and your jaw falls off of your face and you're going to get everybody praying to heal your jaw, you've got some consequence. You say, well, that's a horrible thing to say to somebody. I don't think he's up there healing all your idiot (laughs) You know, can he do it? Certainly. But you've got responsibility. And the situations in scripture where miraculous things happened, it was a sign. It was to get people's attention, not just random, I'm going to cover all your mess. Now, sometimes he does it. And I'm like, wow, look what he did. But if you smoke for 50 years and you wheeze to the grave, there's a reason for that. You see what I'm saying? Let's don't be foolish with God. Now, you can ask anyway. And if somehow you got the faith to keep asking, knock yourself out. But you know what? We can't come up with any ask sometimes because it doesn't make any sense. But I'll tell you, when you're asking for the right thing, when you're seeking the right thing, and when you're knocking on the right door, you don't quit because you may get tired, but the spirit of God in you never gets weary. I think the Holy Spirit says, oh, here, you sit down a minute. Let me keep knocking because I know what the father wants and we're going to get through. You say, well, that's positive thinking. No, that is powerful thinking based on him, not me or what I can do. You say, well, that's a bunch of bunk. You know, I don't need anything. Well, then you just keep doing your thing. Sooner or later, you'll remember this. You will get in a place where you do need something. And it's not happening without him. Verse 9 again of Luke 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now go to Luke chapter 13. And this is again where Jesus is speaking. It's really only a couple more passages and we're done. Luke 13 22. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? In other words, how many are going to make it? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, this is what will come back. I do not know you where you are from. Then you will begin to say, well, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first and there are first who will be last. Now, that may not do anything to you But that ought to scare the bejesus out of you if you do not know him in a way that he also claims to know you. I could tell you all day long that I know Madonna. We're about the same age. We met, blah, 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 way back whenever. And then you bring Madonna and walk around the stage, and I go, Madonna! And she goes, Security! (laughs) I can claim whatever. You can walk around your whole life saying, Yeah, I know God. Me and God, we're tight. Yeah, I've heard all this teaching. I can quote the verses. You know what? You better have the kind of relationship where it's not just you claiming to know him, but where he claims to know you and where you are coming from. You say, oh, it's all cool. We'll work all that out in the end. When the boat door closes, the boat is gone. It is too late to be working it out. I'm encouraging you to work it out now. You say, well, I don't believe all that. Hey, that's your business. But you are not going to say that you came to this church and heard this preacher and nobody warns you about the door getting locked and you getting left outside and then bringing it, all this stuff they bring, they bring. That's a good new one. It's from living in Texas. That's where you get, they brought. All right, let me end on some good stuff. There is a door that you can bang on or that he can bang on and be open. And I started with this. Let's go to Revelation 3 and I'll read a few verses and then we're done. Let me say before I read this, a lot of people and I've said it before on this a lot of people use this passage to try to witness to someone and explain to them that they can become a Christian. That is not what's going on here. Revelation chapter three, verse 14. This is Jesus again. The only way I know it's Jesus is because it's all read in my Bible. So this is Jesus again. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. So if you're going around claiming that you're all that and he's saying you make me want to spit or throw up. You're not in a very good relationship with him. Something is not right. Something is not working. And you say, Well, I think we're cool. Ask him that question. And then this verse 20, behold, he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. You say, well, the Bible's about us knocking. No, there are times when he's the one doing the knocking. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. It's written to Christians. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want to just be in the house, near the house. He wants inside where you eat, where you live, a relationship, a personal relationship. And you say, well, Jesus, I'm not interested in that right now. You wait outside. And what a crazy picture of Jesus standing at the door of your own life knocking. He shouldn't have to knock. He ought to have complete access. How'd he get outside the door anyway? What are you doing where you think you got to ask Jesus to wait outside? And then let him in as you pick and choose. The good news on that door is he's the one doing the knocking. And it's never too late to get that relationship going the way it's intended. My first category today was you got something you're looking for. You got something you're asking for. You got some door you're knocking on. If it's of God, you won't quit. Keep knocking. Until he comes to the door. You outside of the boat and they're about to shut the door, you better get you inside the boat. You say, well, how do I do that? You say, God, I get it. I don't know what I was thinking. This is not some casual thing. I know nobody's trying to scare me, but if I die without you, I am gone forever. I understand that. I claim to know some religious words and be able to hold my own in a discussion, but I think I know you, but I realize now you don't know me and you don't know where I'm coming from. And so let's fix that. I am a sinner. I have screwed up my life. I need your forgiveness. Come live in me, through me. I want this to be a relationship that goes both ways, not me claiming to know you only. And then if you are a Christian, for Christ's sake, for your sake, for everybody's sake, open the door and let the relationship that he intended to be going on with you as a Christian get on with it. Don't be so lukewarm and kind of halfway there. Get him out of there. You know, tell him, leave me the you know what alone or let's do this thing and have relationship with him on a daily basis and let him go through your house and get it the way it's supposed to be, his way, no matter what it costs you.
0: Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I wanna share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest, real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles, well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show.
1: All right, let's pray. And our Father, I thank you for doors that we knock on I thank you for the ability to get into doors that sooner or later knocking won't do any good Lord help people resolve that today and I thank you that you are the one knocking part of the time on the door of our hearts and our lives those of us who claim to know you father may especially in the case of those who could get left so to speak off the boat I pray that somebody listening today would say God I get it I don't want to live anymore without you I certainly don't want to die without you I really just know things about you. I don't know you, and I don't think you know me. You know things about me, but it's not a personal relationship. I am a sinner. I get that. I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and raised from the dead, that his blood was poured out there on that cross to cover me, my sin, to offer me not just the forgiveness of my sins, but eternal life. I accept the forgiveness of my sins as a free gift. I accept eternal life as a free gift. I ask you to come live in me and through me and fill me with the Holy Spirit to overflowing and live in me and live through me, change me, change the world around me. God, do not let my life be a waste And I pray that you would show me how to not just learn facts about you, but how to apply the scriptures to my life and to actually have a working, walking relationship with you that when you speak, I listen, I obey, and things go your way, not my way when it doesn't line up with your will. Father, thank you for persevering with us and help us use that example to persevere with you to harass you when necessary until we see what it seems is your will that needs to be done. Help us not give up right before the answer comes in many cases, Lord. You're the best. Nobody ever loved us like you ever will. And we thank you and we praise you and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we've put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.